It is January 26th, 2021. Welcome to another episode of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I am your host, Richard Haynes of Manhattan Pacific Realty, covering real estate topics in the South Bay of Southern California, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Palos Verdes, Redondo Beach, residential home markets. Hoping to bring uh, another show to you today uh, that can add a little bit of value. Uh, Going to cover one main topic today and then a secondary topic that I got texted to me last night from a client who's interested in learning a little bit more. The main topic uh, for the show today are interest rate worries. Holy moly, I have a ton of clients who are looking to buy who are so nervous about interest rates going higher. I am here today to put interest rates in perspective and also to tell you why you likely have zero to worry about interest rates climbing over the next six months and probably the whole year of 2021. We're going to dive into that in detail today. And then we'll wrap up the show um, with a question on migration. I have a, a client and a friend who reached out and said, hey, look, California's population fell this year. Why are we seeing a jump in home prices? I am not a demographer. I am not a, you know, California-specific economist, but I pulled some numbers on uh, migration trends, real estate trends, the incoming administration, and getting into why housing prices are rising even amidst uh, population falling this year in 2020. So without further ado, let's jump right into interest rate worries. Now, let me tell you, almost Every client of mine that I have shown in 2020 or people have reached out to me going, oh my gosh, interest rates are at lifetime lows. Uh, Rates have risen. We need to get in before they get up. Oh my goodness, I get it. There's anxiety. It's made property more affordable. You love the interest rate you can acquire, but let's slow down and think about the path of interest rates, what your risks are if they do pop, why they likely won't pop, and some of the people in power who make those decisions, and and quite personally, giving you some stories and and um, some personal moves that I'm making right now that hopefully you can take uh, away uh, with, and just take a deep breath and go, okay, I don't need to rush. Interest rates aren't going anywhere. Let's just wait for the right place. So I'm going to start off with information on the 30-year mortgage rate. Now, I like going to the St. Louis Fred's website. They track different statistics in terms of Fed funds rates to unemployment to 30-year fixed uh, mortgages across the country. And I want to give you uh, kind of the slope of rates. So February, as we were heading into the, the pandemic and markets starting to get very nervous about the coronavirus and stay-at-home orders, et cetera, the 30-year interest rate, according to the state, St. Louis Fred, averaged around 3.5%. Fast forward a few months later, we were at 
to 5%. Remember this huge rush of people starting to refinance? That got even greater as we moved into July, where we dropped another quarter point, according to St. Louis Fred, to 3%, so half a percent lower. And then moving forward into the fall, we dropped another quarter percent in October, 2.75% almost. I think we hit like 2.8%, according to the website. And if you remember, the first and second quarter, we had this insane rush to refinance homes. And we went to October and rates were even lower during that time. Head into the holidays, December and January, rates fell again to almost 2.6-ish percent uh, for a 30-year fixed rate. Um, And basically, we're a full percentage point lower, which I've hit over the head over the last few podcasts, giving buyers 10% more buying power. Now, here we sit, or at least last week, we spiked. Oh my goodness. We went from 2.6% to 2.8%. Yikes. Rates are going up. Oh my gosh, we need to buy a home. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There is no straight and easy path with interest rates. As we fell from 3.5% to 3.25% to 3%, there were little blips higher each and every week. And if you read the news every single day and you're a home buyer, you ride those interest rate swings up and down with news reporters. First of all, a 0.2% jump in interest rates is nothing and it's totally normal, and we could go back to 2.6%, we could be lower, but most likely we will hold firm right around where we are or head lower, okay? We had a 0.4% jump in March. That's still nothing, and if you refinanced or bought a home because rates jumped 0.4% in March, well, guess what? Rates are lower, much lower, Now, let's take some calculations on a million-dollar mortgage. I know that's not standard for the entire country or even all of California, but for the South Bay, a million-dollar mortgage can be pretty standard with our median home prices ranging from $1.25 million to pushing $2.5 million in Manhattan Beach. But let's take a look at those payments on a 30-year fixed mortgage at 3.5%. A million-dollar mortgage was just under $4,500 a month. Drop that a half a percent to 3%, and now your payment's about $4,200 a month. That's a $300 difference. And then drop that down to 2.5%, where we're about today, and that's about $3,950 a month, another $250-ish lower. Um It's hard to communicate in a podcast and give you all the numbers. I could give you quarter percent drops, but basically with every half a percent drop, you save about $275 a month. That's real money. That's big money, but it's also not something that should necessarily swing your your decision on buying a home or not. $275 difference in payment is a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but to borrow a million freaking dollars, it's not a huge difference in hindsight, and I'll break that down later. Furthermore, 
a quarter percent, 0.25% change in interest rates is a little over a $100 swing in a month. So we had a jump of 0.2% last week. That's a change in your million dollar payment by $100 per month. Let me put that into perspective for you. If you are buying a home around a medium price of one and a half million, 1.25, you're taking out a mortgage of a million dollars. Responsibly, knowing what your payment will be and how banks will underwrite you, you have to have some sort of income or combined income of 175000 to $200,000 a year. A difference in $100 a month is $1,200 a year. If you make $200,000 a year and you get a 5% raise in one year, you're making $10,000 more in one year. And you locked in a rate that costs you $1,200 more in a year. I tell my clients all the time, in the moment, it's scary buying a home. But if you're making $175,000, and again, I know that's not normal for the rest of the state or even areas outside of the South Bay, but if you are buying a home in the South Bay, a 5% raise is $10,000 more, and a small jump in interest rates is $1,200 more to you a year. You are going to grow your income over your career. You're going to grow your wealth over the career. And I tell my clients, you will look back in five years, you will look back in 10 years of where you are in your career now and the money you're making, and a $100 difference is not a big deal on a million-dollar loan. So I wanted to put that in perspective. Additionally... If you go and jump in on a home that isn't right for you or is overpriced, I have seen people make mistakes on million-dollar homes where you pay 5% too high. Well, guess what? You buy a a $1.25 million home and you overpay by 5%, that's a $50,000 mistake. And you're worried about a $100 a month jump in interest rates that will cost you $1,200 a year and even after 10 years, that'll cost you $12,000. Be patient. Wait for the right home. Don't buy a home because rates are moving. It's really not a huge deal in the large scheme of things. Your income is going to rise and offset. And if you make a mistake on a home purchase and rush in and make the wrong house buy that you have to sell a couple years later because you don't like the home or you overpay because you're overzealous, You're not going to make up those mistakes, and $100 more waiting for the right home is the proper move. Now, let me tell you why interest rates are probably not going to rise in the next six months, and I feel comfortable in the next year, but for sure, almost for sure, not going to rise in the next year. And let me tell you why. I'm going to talk about some um, very powerful people in in positions of power. I'm going to talk about Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. I'm going to talk about the newly confirmed Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, also former chair of the Federal Reserve, and then the Federal Reserve Vice Chairman Richard Clarida. 
Okay, we're gonna talk about these three people, but before I do that, I'm gonna give you guys a little background on how mortgages work. Everyone follows Fed funds rate, you know, zero to a quarter percent, and they think that mortgage rates move up and down as the Fed moves rates up and down. They have an influence, but they don't directly affect mortgages. Also, people follow the 10-year treasury, which is trending around 1%, I believe, don't quote me, um, that the 10-year treasury moves mortgage rates. Not a direct, it is not a direct mover of interest rates, but it is something that mortgage rates can track and banks and loan companies use to hedge their bets when they're doing mortgage-backed securities. But you hear that word, mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage-backed security prices are what influence home mortgage interest rates. And this is the big deal. When the pandemic hit, when the Great Recession hit over 10 years ago, the Federal Reserve started buying mortgage-backed securities in the hundreds of millions, in the billions of dollars, because as they buy up these securities, it drives down mortgage rates. And that is what Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell did when the pandemic hit again. He knew People would be worried about people paying mortgages, defaulting on foreclosures, not paying their rent, landlords defaulting. People would do well. The economy would do would perform much better with lower interest rates. So the Fed started buying mortgage-backed securities. That's why mortgage rates have dropped a full percentage point because the Fed is buying up mortgage-backed securities on purpose to drive rates lower to help the economy and the housing market. Jer Jerome Powell has committed to buying mortgage backs, and they have a mandate, the Federal Reserve have a mandate that they want to see inflation above 2% for several months, if not several years before they raise rates. And inflation has stayed below 2% for years. So they need to do a lot of stimulation to have rates rise. Janet Yellen is traditionally known and a formal former Federal Reserve chair that was just confirmed as a Treasury secretary. She is a more dovish type administrator. What that means is, is she has acted in keeping rates lower over the long term. She also is worried about wealth disparity, interest rates going higher on credit cards. She recently made a quote worried about the United States debt burden but saying, but, quote, right now, with interest rates at historic lows, the smartest thing we can do is act big, unquote. And what she means by that is, is she wants to stimulate the economy more with more purchases of mortgage-backed securities or continuing that, doing more stimulus checks via Congress, etc. So Janet Yellen is on board as Treasury Secretary in concert with Jerome Powell. And then finally, Richard uh, Clarita is a Federal Reserve Vice Chairman. He was recently interviewed uh, on CNBC, and I'll give you a couple quotes of his. Quote, my economic outlook is consistent with us keeping the current pace of purchases throughout the rest of the year, unquote. That is in reference to mortgage-backed securities. So 
Mr. Clarita is saying they are going to continue purchasing mortgage-backed securities as they have been all year since the start of the pandemic, which means they're going to keep interest rates low and consistent with where they have been. He also said in reserve to lifting those purchases, he said, quote, it will be quite some time before tapering, which means they're tapering those um, purchases, unquote. And then finally, the last quote I'll share with you uh, with him is he says, right now, I think maintaining the current pace of purchases throughout the remainder of the year is my expectation. So he's this broken record of saying, we're going to continue buying mortgage-backed securities. They're going to keep them stable and they're going to keep them low and interest rates are not rising. So forget about it. Don't worry about interest rates rising. I know you want to rush in and buy a home. You've got six months. You've got 12 months. They are not going to stop mortgage back uh, security purchases this year. Maybe later in the year they talk about tapering, but I highly, highly doubt it. You're in the clear the next six months, most likely the next 12 months with Yellen, Powell, and Clarita maintaining purchases on mortgage-backed securities and knowing how that how important that is um, to the mortgage market. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little story. You know, I used to be a loan broker straight out of college, so I learned a lot about how mortgage-backed securities works and interest rates works. And I'll tell you, during the Great Recession, when we saw interest rates crash, I was having conversations with clients of clients going, this is the lowest we're ever going to see rates. Oh my goodness, I need to refinance. Hurry up. Let's get this done. And I saw people paying two points, three points on their 30-year mortgage, buying it down as low as they possibly could because they never thought rates would go lower. Where were we at during the Great Recession? Was it like 4% interest rates somewhere in there? Now we're below three in the twos? So... 12 years ago, we didn't think interest rates could get any lower or that they could be maintained. And throughout the last a dozen years, we've continued to go lower. It's just not going to change. Um, and globally, if you read uh, my August 2019 blog on ManhattanPacificRealty.com slash blog, um, I talked about globally other countries with even lower interest rates than us. What was crazy is, is in October, August of 2019, Japanese 10-year fixed mortgage rates were at 0.65%. Can you believe that? That's 2% lower than where we are. Now, Japan has a lot of structural problems and a declining housing market that they're trying to stimulate, but we can go lower. Will we go much lower? I don't know, but we could. The UK back in August of 2019 had five-year interest rates at 2.5%, close to where we are at now, and that's before the coronavirus pandemic and all the stimulus and buying of interest rates. I'm sure they're lower now. So we can go lower. I get that there's worry about interest rates going higher, but they aren't going anywhere in the next six months, most likely 12 months. So don't worry about interest rates. Keep your head, wait for the right house, stop worrying. I'm going to wrap up the podcast with some quick thoughts on migration to answer a question that was texted in to me. And the the text, let's see if I can find it here quickly. Um, the text stated to me, hey, big man. <laughs> I'm not a big man, actually, but I'm actually a little guy, but here we go. Can you explain how housing prices are still going up with mass migration of people out of 
California. Would love to hear that on the next podcast. You ask and you shall receive. Here we go. Uh, Migration. Population in California fell in 2020 by 0.18%. So a very small drop. It looks like here, if I'm looking at the numbers, uh, you know, by like, a hundred thousand people or something like that california has almost 40 million people and we lost 0.18 percent mass migration i get that you know it sounds like it's horrible but 0.18 percent loss of population in california is not going to move the needle on the housing market when interest rates have afforded people 10 percent more buying power an AP CNBC article um, took July 1st, 2019 to July 1st, 2020, so part of the pandemic times of last year, and California's population rose by 0.05%. So we actually had growth of 21,200 people. Now, we had more people moving out, but when you add in births, et cetera, et cetera, we still grew Um, July through July ending 2020. So this whole mass migration and people worrying about California um, losing people and its edge, etc. It's 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 barely happening. And it's probably all because of the pandemic. Once we get back to normal, California will have tourism again. People will come back into the office, etc. Right now, it's a non-issue. And I know some people are hoping we're going to see a housing dip or correction because we're losing uh, residents right now. But it is a fraction, a tiny fraction of 1% that just won't move the needle when you have interest rates as low as they are and people going, I want a home for safety from the coronavirus. Let me leave you with a couple other uh, statistics on this before I wrap up the podcast. According to the Public Policy Institute of California, here are a couple quick hitters for you. More than 10 million are immigrants. So about a quarter of the population in California are immigrants. Now, I don't know what makeup for that are undocumented immigrants, But let me tell you something people aren't thinking about is the Biden administration is much more friendly to immigration and undocumented immigrants than the previous Trump administration. I believe that there are a lot of residents in California who are undocumented immigrants who have no access to credit because they're afraid to get credit for fear of being discovered and sent back to their country of origin. Well, guess what? That's going to change under the bottom administration. And if we have a quarter of our population are immigrants and whatever percentage of that population is undocumented, those people are going to be a lot more comfortable staying in this country. Those people are likely going to obtain access to credit and potentially start buying homes. So I think that's gonna be a driver for California that will more than offset any migration that's maybe a one-year blip because of the pandemic. California's population is aging, but it is still young. This is point number two uh, from the Public Policy Institute of California. California is aging, but still young compared to the rest of the country. California's median age is 36.7% compared to 382 not percent, let me reset that. 36.7 is the median age of Californians. 
two is the median age for the rest of the United States. So we're about a year and a half younger here in California than the rest of the US. To me, that's a bullish factor for real estate. You have younger, higher income earners that are forming families. I'm 35, I'm a millennial. The median age is 36.7. Millennials are starting to form families. They make bigger money here in California thanks to tech and entertainment, etc. Um, I think that's a bullish factor for California. I do think our populations too, so, so those are two big points for me of why I go, I think uh, migration is a non-factor here in California. I'm gonna do a couple other quick hitters for you before wrapping up. I think we could be undercounted thanks to the census this year during the pandemic, and again, undocumented immigrants uh, scared to report to the census. There have been really cool articles on the baby bust of the pandemic. California gets a lot of its population growth from families having babies. 2020 was a baby bust because people were afraid of conceiving and having babies during the pandemic. Um, also, high paying jobs, DINKS. DINK stands for dual income, no kids. If you read John Burns, um, big shift ahead, John Burns of John Burns Real Estate Consulting, he talks about the shift of the household having both husband and wife or both partners working full-time and sending their kids to daycare. We're gonna get more and more of that. If you wanna own a home, both partners need to be working and you need to be sending your kids to daycare. I think. Rather than one partner working and the other one staying home, both partners working are gonna drive incomes, drive prices, et cetera. And then to leave you with this, around 100,000 housing units a year added to California. The 2019 July to 2020 July, 21,200 people uh, moved to California. We added 100,000 units. That is more units added, but when specifically you're looking at the South Bay, which I know this uh, this um, question is directed, you tell me where we're adding new homes. Tell me the new plots of lands where we are building 20-unit new home developments, 100-unit new home developments. They are few and far between, and the last 100-unit home development I can think of in the South Bay is Rolling Hills Country Club, and those are five and six million dollar homes. I just don't see housing units being added to the South Bay. Migration is essentially flat. It grows every single year in California, with the exception of this year. It's a non-issue prices will not be affected because of slowing growth for this pandemic period. And I think we get back to growth next year. I'm going to leave you guys with that. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. We'll get back to you next time. Have a great week. See ya.